Welcome to the Nutrition Insight Project. I'm Hannah Saffold, your podcast host. I'm a dietitian, educator, creator, and mom. Here I'll be sharing with you my journey working on creating change in the nutrition world. We'll talk about all things nutrition and we'll go on some tangents too. I'm going to let my curiosity take the lead and I'm so excited you're here. Let's jump right in. Hello, my friends. It is so good to be with you here. I am so excited to share with you this conversation I had with Jess Serdikoff, dietitian supervisor. She is my friend and colleague and invited me to be on her show, Empowering Dietitians, which I am a huge fan of and was very honored to have this conversation with her. Let's jump right into my conversation with dietitian supervisor, Jess Serdikoff, where she will interview me about the Nutrition Insight Project, what I do. And between you and me, friends, I was a bit nervous to be interviewed by someone else for their podcast. And I, overall, I had a lot of fun, and I think it turned out well. I'm really excited to share it with you today. So here is my discussion, conversation with Jess Serdikoff of Empowering Dietitians. Welcome to the show, Hannah. Thank you for having me, Jess. I am super excited to be on today. Yes, absolutely. Ever since we connected, uh, we have just like jived and vibed. And so I'm very excited to be chatting with you about what you do, what you have in the works, and the type of support that you offer for other dietitians as well. So let's start from the basics. Who are you? What do you do? What brought you to the show? Thanks. Yeah, I am Hannah Saffold, and I've been a dietitian for, I had to do the math, like 16 years or so. And yeah, I, um, I, let's see, it's hard to like summarize it all, like capsulate it, but I work primarily with eating disorders and that is kind of my, have been, has been my main focus. And at this point I am branching out and looking at how to support nutrition students and dietitians in our community. I know that's something that you also resonate with. Like when I saw your podcast, Empowering Dietitians, I was like, yes. And then when I listened to your episodes, I was like, this is a woman after my own heart. I immediately reached out to you and I was like, let let me talk to this lady. So um, I'm excited by the work that you're doing and it energizes me because I think we're both kind of on the same wavelength. Absolutely. We are. And uh, when you were telling me a little bit about the Nutrition Insight Project, which is uh, kind of the work that you're doing with dietitians now, um, it was like, you're reading my mind. This is what we need more of. Um, it's exactly what kind of got me into the work that I'm doing now. So I love it. And you talk a good amount about uh, the ways, I guess, that our profession either doesn't prepare us for the work that we're going to do or uh, teaches us things that we then have to unlearn. Uh, so if I were to ask you kind of what are these things that you in particular had to unlearn in your career, what would you say? Well, first I would say I had to unlearn the, um, that like one right way mentality, um, the perfectionism that is kind of baked into becoming a dietitian that took me on my own personal journey, unlearning that and 
Um, so that would, I would say, be like the overarching theme, one right way to be a dietitian, but also kind of that one right way to eat yes, and one right way to be as, um, yeah, as an eater. And at the same time, I feel like our education doesn't acknowledge that we as nutrition students and then as dietitians are also eaters and we have a relationship with food and we have a relationship with our body. So it's just like the work we do with our clients where we're like, you know, a little bit about a little bit of the work is around educating and like providing information. Yes. But we know that the actual work happens when they are integrating it into how they're existing in the world. And we know that when it comes to emotions and behavior change and all of these things, they're so much more complicated than knowing what we quote should be eating yes. with our clients, but then also with us, with us. So I feel like the education ignores that part of our humanness and in doing this work with eating disorders, and then also being a preceptor to nutrition students. I've worked at two major teaching hospitals and as nutrition director for an intensive outpatient program for eating disorders, I've worked with a lot of nutrition students. Um, and, and in that process, they disclose to me their struggles that they're having, that they've had, because, you know, I'm the eating disorder preceptor. Yeah. And so that was kind of how this started for me in terms of unlearning it was like, okay, I had my own process of unlearning and then seeing that it was still, it wasn't just me, right? You talk about this too. It's like, we think it's just us struggling with something when it's not, it's not. not. So uh, that's kind of how the Nutrition Insight Project was born was through my experience, but also what was being echoed back to me from my students. Because when I do eating disorder work, you know, you have to be human. When I'm working, you know, we're dealing with really raw human experiences. And so the students would open up to me and, and um, that's really how I, 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 how this project was born was through that, those connections. And um, as an educator, I also teach at a community college. I do like the general nutrition class, like anyone can take my class and I've done, and being an eating disorder dietitian, of course, I, I go pretty heavy on the eating disorder stuff Absolutely. and the weight inclusivity stuff and the body respect stuff. And so I also had my students in my class, you know, messaging me like, I just realized I might have an eating disorder, you know, and as an instructor, I've, you know, I have that boundary, a clinical, or I can't be their dietitian as their sure. instructor. So I understand that ethical dilemma that it professors, instructors are having. And at the same time, we can't just ignore that it is existing, you know, that our students and, and we as dietitians, we are also eaters in this culture. And I mean, I'm, I've been rambling, so let me, <laughs> I get really excited and obviously, so um, let me slow yeah. down. Absolutely. No, but you said so many important things. And one that I want to acknowledge first and foremost is the fact that your students felt comfortable coming to you and saying that. And I know that there was very much for me a culture within being a student, being an intern, where you weren't expected to struggle yourself. And I don't know that I would have felt safe to 
be that vulnerable with someone who had power over me. So I think that first and foremost, it's really commendable that you were able to create that culture and that environment. And it's something that we really need to see more of because yeah, we might not be able to be the dietitians that help them if we're the professors, if we're the preceptors, but we are kind of like the, I don't want to say gatekeepers, but we are the, some of the first people who are going to see red flags or who are going to be interacting with students who may be struggling. And it is on us to know the channels to get them to the right support. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And well, thank you for saying the kind words that you said around like creating space, because I, something I learned, it took me time to learn this, but I think it's really worth saying here is I think that being human yourself can really help other people then be human back. Yes. So there is, there is this, um, you know, we're going through our work life with our dietitian hats on, like here we are. But when you start peeling back the layers of like your own unlearning and your own personal insight work, you realize, wow, I'm going, this is my life. Like this work, I'm spending so much time working. Like I want to show up at work as me, as Hannah, like mm -hmm. that's all we really can do. And that was one of the most freeing moments for me with, with students, with clients, with, um, you know, all of the people it's like, oh, wow. When that feels integrated and aligned, I think people sense that. And then, oh, whew, let's all relax. Let's all just like, we can let that guard down and be ourselves and show our humanness, which, I mean, that's the kind of life I want to live is where like, I'm like really connecting with people. So yes. thank you for saying that. But I think it does take time for people to let go of some of that rigidity and perfectionism to say like, I can be my own dietitian. I can be myself and a dietitian at the same time. Those can coexist. So yes. thank you for saying that. Yes. And I, I, I sing that from the rooftops all the time is that we have to be people. We are people and we get it kind of drilled into us that you have to be professional and you have to like almost be this like blank slate for your patients and clients. And yeah, there is a line that you have to respect and you have to figure out what exactly your boundary is with self-disclosure and your personality and all of these things. But at the end of the day, you still have to be a human because that's what people connect to. I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting in a session and I've had clients that are kind of like hitting walls or circling or not really connecting. And I've chosen to self-disclose intentionally something that's related to what they're going on. And it shifted everything because they were like, wait, you're telling me that you haven't been a master at this your whole life, that like you've struggled with things or that you um, sometimes experience diet culture and the diet mentality and, and whatever it is. And I say, yeah, absolutely, because I'm human and it takes the pressure off of them. They see me as a person and our relationship deepens, which allows them to do better work. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think you, what stands out to me is like professional boundaries are important for us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't want it to be like, just, you know, be human, like show them everything. No, like, like word vomit, everything you're feeling. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, cause I think that some people feel, especially in the eating disorder space, like I think like maybe five years ago, like when I was starting 
um, eating disorder work 10 years ago, it was like, no one talked about it. There was a lot of secrecy and shame. And now I feel like the environment has actually changed where more people are disclosing. And, and part of it, I understand. It's like, we don't want there to be all this layers, layers of shame around it. And at the same time, it's like, I don't, you don't have to necessarily disclose things to bond, but like you said, it's like, you have to be really intentional about when, how, and is it in service to your students or clients? Yes. Like you said, it's like when you feel, when you are, it's not like a reactivity. It's not like a, this is my only way to develop rapport with this patient or, you know, client. It's like, that's it. That's all I got is like, I did it. You can do it too. It's like, that feeds into that same diet culture bullshit. It's like, no, just because you did it one way doesn't mean their journey is going to look different. And we have to be really intentional about those kind of interactions. Yeah. So well, I just, I kind of wanted to riff on that for a second. Of course. Well, it's, it's breaking free of the black and white thinking. It's not, I have yes. to tell this person everything about my life and make their session about me. It's also not, I have to be a blank robot who never admits to having any kind of struggle in the world. So because I have mm-hmm. to look perfect or they won't respect me, it's that murky middle. And we don't love that because it's not as easy to navigate. But I will say, mm-hmm. if you're super interested in like self-disclosure and you're listening, I did a whole episode on it, um, going through the different questions that you can ask yourself to decide if it's appropriate and if it feels aligned for you to disclose in any kind of professional situation with coworkers, with superiors, with uh, with clients, with patients, et cetera. So I'll put that in the show notes. I do not remember the episode number off the top of my head, um, but I will make sure to include that if you're interested. But yeah, it, it's, it's tricky. And I think what it also speaks to is that if you're noticing things coming up for you in a session with a client or a patient and you're like, oh, holy crap, I might need to work on this too. Or like you had students who were in your class who said, I think I might have an eating disorder now that we're talking about it. I've had interns sit in on sessions and have this like, well, shit, I think that I'm a lot like that person who was sitting in this session today, Um, right? So we have these moments where we have these realizations about our relationship with food and body or just kind of like our relationship with our work. We need a place to go for it because you can't do it in session with your clients. And- (laughs) Right. No. So that, uh, no, yeah, that's not. So that's Absolutely. what this comes down to. And it, am I correct in saying that that's kind of what the Nutrition Insight Project is here for, to hold space for the students and dietitians who do need a place where they can go and talk this out and get support in an appropriate manner? Yes, absolutely. In the client session is not the time, but I will say you can get a lot of information from checking in with yourself during a session. If when you're in a session with someone, you start to feel a reaction yourself in your body. Like for me, I feel it in my body and maybe not everyone, but I can feel it, you know, Mm -hmm. or I I have lingering thoughts afterward. Like, Hmm, that didn't quite sit Mm -hmm. right with me. Like what was going on? And that's an invitation for that self-inquiry, right? And it's hard. It's hard to work through this alone because our education doesn't acknowledge or teach or support us in having the framework around personal nutrition work. Maybe, you know, if we seek it out or if we go to a dietitian ourselves, but usually 
you know, it's like, I'm studying this. I have the knowledge. I should be able to figure my own nutrition out, right? It's like Mm -hmm. a huge should, right? Oh, you read the nutrition book? Like you're in, this is your, you know, either you're studying it or like, this is your job. Like, you know, it's, I think that like, it's a big gap. And I think that, I think therapists do a good job at in training to be a therapist it is really encouraged that therapists Mm -hmm. do their own therapy and have their own therapists to parallel process, to experience what it's like to be the quote client, right? So um, this is an opportunity. The Nutrition Insight Project is an opportunity for nutrition students and dietitians to do that work. It's, It's a course, it's a framework, but I think where it kind of is different is there's also this interactive component where students have time one-on-one with me to personalize the information, process it, to integrate it, and to individualize it. So there is a, there's a back and forth give and take with, with me, with the course. So it's, it's an invitation. It's a place to make space and to have guidance and support around our own relationship to food and body. So when it feels a little incongruent, like maybe you're a dietitian and you're working on some on it maybe working in eating disorders but you're harboring like yeah maybe you're not fully on struggling but there isn't something that doesn't feel aligned there's a rub for you at some Mm -hmm. you know in some way this can give you some space to do that and i think as nutrition students and then dietitians you know eating disorders already have like a layer of shame around them and secrecy and then to put on top of that these expectations, cultural expectations, society, right? It's like all those layers mm-hmm. of expectations around, you know, now I'm a dietitian and I should eat a certain way, feel a certain way, uh, exercise a certain way, look a certain way. We have all of those on top of it. So I think there may be people out there that are struggling in secrecy and in silence and feeling really isolated and having to conceal their struggles. And so there's multiple layers to this nutrition insight project, right? I, I I'm stealing this straight from you, Jess. There's like the micro level. Love it. <laughs> gotcha. The micro level, right? Where I have a course, I have um, my offering to the individual. And then there's like the meso level, which is like kind of that medium level where it's like, I'm actually looking at partnering with some um, larger course uh, companies, <laughs> I guess you could say. I'm looking at, building a partnership so that more students may see and have access to my course. And then I'm going up to the macro level. And for me, that means I am reaching out to program directors. I am looking at how to change the ascend competencies to integrate personal, personal nutrition work into our uh, dietetic education and internship training so that programs would be required to offer this kind of support from a neutral, so non-preceptor, neutral uh, dietitian. And so to have that be part of the requirement. So I'm trying to hit this at all levels because I recognize that like, you know, if I'm offering a course, there's a price to it, that's going to really limit the access. So I'm trying to kind of look at those different levels so that I can see like some real change in the nutrition field. And I don't think it's enough to just say, yes, there's a problem. Or, you know, I will say some programs probably feel like there's not a problem, but there is a lot of data that there is. There's data, but also I think a lot of our lived experience has shown us kind of 
dietitians, a lot of dietitians do fall on that, that, um, spectrum of orthorexia, disordered eating. I think the studies I looked at, like for the studies, like 40 to 80% of dietitians Mm -hmm. kind of have that orthorexia, um, going on for them. So anyway, we can't deny it's a problem, but we also can't just say, oh, it's a problem. What do we do? It's like, I'm kind of looking at like how to be solutions focused. So the Nutrition Insight Project is one way, but also, like I said, kind of baking it into our education so that we can be eaters and humans ourselves and have that strong foundation. And that's so huge. And that, that is kind of the state of where we're at. So when I first started this work, um, even like three years ago, um, because that was my original thought was like, I want to be a dietitian for dietitians. Um, and for a lot of reasons, I wound up pivoting, but at the time, the only thing that I could pull up in literature was that the Academy had said that, uh, dietitians do not struggle with eating disorders at higher rates than the average population, you know, kind of like more of this, like, no, we're fine. You can trust us. And again, I understand from a PR standpoint, why they would make that statement, but um, it's, it wasn't giving the validation and the support fast forward. And the Academy does acknowledge that it's an issue now. Right. So, so we have, we have made some progress there, but it is still very much, but what do you want us to do about it? Like, what are we supposed to do about it? And I'm really of the mindset, Hannah, you're really of the mindset that there is plenty that we can be doing about this. And it really does start from the beginning and changing the culture of not only the field, but the curriculum and the academic environment too. Yes. And I will say from a business standpoint, you might've made the right decision (laughs) because nutrition students don't have, you know, I get it. It's like, we don't have a lot of money. We have our you know, undergrad, we ha- now we have a master's degree. It's like, I get it. Like all those financial systems are in play. Um, I, I am, I still teach, I'm teaching, I'm, I'm having a private practice to help fund this work. <laughs> so um, I, you know, but I, I feel like once I, I got the idea and it settled into my heart that this was like my calling for my career. It's like my heart's passion. Like now I'm like, this is my life's work. And yeah. I'm looking, you know, I'm trying not to get uh, too impatient with the pace at which it's going, but I'm just like, okay, it's going to take years. It's going to take five years. It's going to take 10 years. You know what? I got time. I'll, you know, I'll keep doing what I'm doing, teaching. I'll keep doing my private practice with eating disorders because I love the work. I love the clinical work, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's like the crux of it. But like, this is kind of like, yeah, this is something that means a lot to me. And I think, yeah, it just has a really... Uh, important place in our field that it's not enough to just say, okay, now we say it exists, but like, we're smart enough to figure out how to change it. It's just the systems are so clunky, right? It's like, oh, every five years, we're going to review and blah, blah. It's like, okay, like, but like, uh, we'll see. So I, you know, it's, it's a live process for me. I'm learning as I'm going. I'm, you know, I will try to figure out how to get those competencies changed. But I think that's kind of what's needed to have that trickle down effect because once it's required, then programs will have to fund having a dietitian who could see their interns and see their DPD students or have a course like mine where it's, you know, kind of a hybrid or I just think it's like, to me, I'm just like, it's a no brainer, right? Well, I guess, because I created a course, but like, 
I, I, the feedback I'm getting, like, yeah, the feedback I'm getting is like, people are like, I've never seen anything like this. Like, mm-hmm. and they're also like, God, I really wish this existed when I first became a dietitian and, or when I was a nutrition student, it might've changed the course um, for some dietitians. It might've changed. They might not had to have suffering for many years or, you know, still be holding on to like, you know, a small percent of disordered thoughts because they could let go of some of that shame and then also have support to work on it. Yes. Yes. I can only imagine what my own like career trajectory would look like if I had had more support um, and, and to have it normalized in the kind of academic process. Now, there was something that you mentioned kind of related to this that I want to go back to because it's something that I made a note of in my notes to see if we could bring it up. Um, I have noticed a really fascinating discrepancy between the dietitians who seek my services specifically for like food or body image work for themselves versus those who respond that they struggle with food and body image stress. And like, I'll kind of clarify what that looks like. So if I, for example, on Instagram, put up a poll and I talk about stress around people making comments about your body at the holiday um, season or um, your body changing as a dietitian and the pressures that you feel to look a certain way or the pressures that you feel to eat perfectly as a dietitian, I overwhelmingly get dietitians who are like, I am stressed the F out about my body and food. That is very different Um, And a much higher number than the ones who will actually come to me and say, hey, can you help me? And I'm wondering your thoughts on this kind of more generally, but is this an issue of like, yeah, we recognize that we have stress, but we are afraid of being labeled or stigmatized by disordered eating or saying I need help? Is this shame? Is this... um, a discrepancy between like what we think is disordered eating versus what is. I'm kind of curious just to hear your thoughts on it because I've been noticing it come up quite a bit. Yeah. Well, I I think it's probably a combination of all of those things in terms of like our, um, our culture normalizes disordered eating and it you know, as much as like there is momentum with like the anti-diet movement and weight inclusivity, I mean, I feel momentum, but I'm also in my own echo chamber because that's my thing. And that's also right. But I do feel like the mainstream is latching on, but at the same time, it's like, they're kind of leveraging it as another marketing tool, which we won't need to go into capitalism and all of that and how it shows up in the anti-diet space because it does. Of course. But anyway, your question (laughs) is, I think there's there's a lot of, there's a layer of maybe denial that that is a problem. Like, oh, I'm stressed the I'm stressed the fuck out about eating. And like, I'm a dietitian. It's like it's like, well, so you know, everybody is. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like everybody is. But it's like, no, you can also have freedom from food too. <laughs> yes. You too can't, you know, it's like but um I think it is a layer of shame around like why would I pay why would I pay or like you, you know, you use uh, my resources to get help from a dietitian when I'm a dietitian myself. Mm-hmm. I think it's that layer of like, I should know this. I should be able to figure this out. Yes, it's hard right now, but it, it should look a certain way. I think it's just, it's a combination of all of those things, yeah. but it takes a lot of strength, I think, and bravery to say, 
I'm struggling and I need support and I'm actually going to do something about it. It's, you know, it's like we, we, it's kind of another thing. Like you talk about burnout culture a lot. It's kind of the same. Oh, yeah. oh I'm stressed out with food. Oh, it's like, but that's like the baseline. It's like, yeah. no, it doesn't have to be. But I think we are, um, what's it called? Like we are, it's like uh, our culture teaches us like that that is okay. Like that mm-hmm. that's normal when it doesn't have to be. So, yeah, I mean, I, sorry if I wasn't super concise with that, but I, I think, I do think it's a lot of, a lot of those factors coming together. Um, and it takes a lot of, a lot of personal insight to say, and I need help. I think it's like parallel to what our eating disorder clients might say, where it's like, I'm not sick enough to need help. Right. It's like, it's like, yeah, I'm stressed. I'm thinking about food hundred percent. Well, my free time I'm doing meal plan, you know, it's like in my body, I'm stressed. I, I feel like I have to, it's like, well, you know, you could use some help. Like let's, let's take care of ourselves so that we can mm-hmm. then help others from a really grounded, resilient place. You know, yeah. I, I got to build my roots and create that foundation. I think it's that burnout culture that like, I must produce, I must just keep my wheels spinning. But if I don't have time for that, I don't have resource. It's like, whoa, slow down. Like yeah. we too can get support for ourselves and it doesn't have to be like, you know, produce, 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 you know. So I, I think it does, it has all those layers within the individual, but also the layers of that our culture and our dietitian culture kind of put on yeah. top of us yeah. to say, oh, I can do it myself. It's the individualism. Well, all it's of the that. rugged individualism, you know, we think, well, I spent all this money getting a degree in this. <laughs> Why am I going to spend money on someone else who has the same exact degree to help me? Um, I should be able to do it. I'm expected to. I'm, And I don't know if we think this consciously, but I think there's a layer of like, I'm better if I do figure it out myself because we uphold individualism in this society. Um, and that can make asking for help seem like a luxury that we don't need or like an unnecessary expense. And it's the same thing as recovering from burnout or, or any of these other things. Can you do it yourself? I I mean, yeah, sure. Is it a hell of a lot harder than having someone who's on the outside who can help guide you and support you and give you tools and, and all of that? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can be that reflective person for them where it's like yeah they're a dietitian as well but it's like from the outside it's just like our clients right it's like from the outside you have a different perspective and it's like no just because you're a dietitian doesn't mean you have to have all your shit together it's like we are humans too and i think there's you know a lot of suffering and i think it prolongs the suffering to deny yourself support you know so those would all be signs of like hey i might need support if you are stress the F out about food and your body mm-hmm. image, or, and you feel like you should, right. Those big should, like you should have it figured out. Um, or if you're feeling a little bit out of alignment, if you're feeling like there's some incongruence of what you're working with your clients on and then how you are feeling yourself about food. So how you're feeling when you're doing the work you're doing, um, is another really, really important sign to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think what you said about the strength and the bravery of kind of raising your hand and saying, you know, I don't know if I have an eating disorder. I don't know if I have disordered eating, but like something isn't feeling great and I want it to. 
Um, and I think I need some help. I, even if we just strip away the, the stigma and the labels and the, the terminology and just say, like, if you're not feeling super comfortable in your body, if you're not feeling great, if you don't have the relationship with food that you want to have, then there's support out there for you. And I think it's so wonderful, Hannah, that you're creating that. Um, and I, I will say, as we kind of wrap up today, uh, we've, we've talked a little bit about this, but if there is one last thing that you could tell dietitians who are listening, who might be feeling stress around food or their body in any capacity, what would that be? I know. To let, yeah. Whew. Heavy one, Jess, come on, laying it on heavy. I would say to, to let go of that layer of shame enough to reach out for support. And if we can get support to build a really strong foundation ourselves, then we can really live in to be the dietitian that we dream of being and living a life in alignment where who I am at work really is aligned with who I am as a human in my life and showing up. So that'd be the one thing. That's beautiful. Now, if anyone listening wants to learn more about you or the Nutrition Insight Project and what you're up to, um, how can they get in touch with you and learn more? I am Nutrition Insight Project on Instagram. I am also Nutrition Insight Project on TikTok. Because, you know, you You're need more 40-year-old, you need more 40-year-old dietitians on TikTok. Well, I heard it's a real toxic space, actually, for eating disorder. So I was like, yeah, you knew, do need another eating disorder dietitian on yes. TikTok. So I'm on TikTok, Nutrition Amazing. Insight Project. Um, and I'm also going to be launching a podcast in the new year, in 2023. Super it will be exciting. called the Nutrition Insight Project as well. So, but I would say I'm the most active on Instagram, Nutrition Insight Project. And, you know, if you are a dietitian and you resonate with this message, give me a follow, shoot out, shoot me a DM, because that really gives me a lot of energy just to hear the support, you know, around this cause. So even if you're not like struggling yourself, if this is something that speaks to you, give me a follow, share the account with any dietetic interns or students that you have in contact with, because that's how the message is going to be spread. It's like, hey, you know, check out this account. She's working on supporting us with building our own relationship with food. That's how it's going to happen. It's going to happen, you know, from this next generation of dietitians, like putting the word out there. So, um, yeah, I'd be happy to chat with anyone um on any of those platforms i'm also on facebook hannah saffold i mean i'm not as active there but um, no, I, I am there i, I have it it, it exists <laughs> yeah. i get it it I exists exactly exactly and I'll include, but if, go yeah. ahead i was just gonna say if that's where people are like i i check it i'm on there i post on there it's just it's it's a harder platform for me uh to get my message across i think podcasting is going to be better for me because as you can tell i really like to talk and on my Instagram, all my videos are like a minute and 30 long, like exactly. Cause I'm like, I got to like convey these in. really nuanced, these really uh -huh. nuanced, like complicated thoughts. So, um, yeah. So, you know, keep your eye out for that. If, if you, if you dig my vibe, I look forward to connecting with people. 
I think so. it's incredible. And, and I think that that's a really important point that when it comes to changing the culture of our profession, this is long, hard and like thankless work a lot of times. Um, and so supporting each other with our efforts um, is exactly how we're going to move this field forward. We cannot do it in isolation. So definitely if you vibe with this message, um, give Hannah a follow. I'll include everything in the show notes. So it's there. You know, I always do that. But thank you, Hannah, so much for your time today. I can't wait to see what's in store for you and the Nutrition Insight Project moving forward. Thank you so much for having me, Jess, and for, for being such a supporter of me. I reached out to you in the very beginning and you were like, yes, right away. And I was like, that's what I needed. I was like, oh, yes. Great. And so yeah. I really would just want to thank you for that support, that energy and giving me time and space on your podcast today. I really appreciate it. And I had fun. I was nervous, but I, I had fun. So no, I settled scary. in. Yeah. I, well, you know, I was nervous in the beginning and I settled in. So um, I, I really uh, appreciate you, Jess, and what you're doing too, because I agree. It can feel a little like you're just like trudging uphill against the man. You're just like fighting these oppressive cultures. It's like when we have each other, we are so much stronger. So I appreciate you. Couldn't agree more. Thank you for tuning in to the Nutrition Insight Project podcast. Please rate and review if you've enjoyed what you've heard. Hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have nutrition friends or dietitian friends or anyone who you might think would like the podcast, please share. Word of mouth is the best way to get the podcast out into the world. If this is something that speaks to you and you want more information about any of my offerings, please reach out at nutritioninsightproject at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions on topics you'd like me to cover or guests that you'd like me to have on, or if you would like to be a guest, also please reach out. You can find me on the social media places at Nutrition Insight Project or Hannah Saffold will also lead you to me. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day and that you have found value in today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.